All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Psalms, chapter 119. The book of Psalms, chapter 119. And if you're able to tonight, as you find your uh, place in Psalm 119, go ahead and stand. Psalm chapter 119. Psalm 119, and we're going to pick up tonight on uh, the second stanza, if you would, of Psalm 119, and really look at the, the whole stanza in its entirety. So we'll begin reading in verse number 9. The Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, and as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Father, we thank you for tonight, and again, the privilege it is to be back in your house this Sunday night. And Lord, now as we open up the Scripture, uh, we ask that you'd meet with us. It'd be in vain for us to be here tonight if you didn't come down and speak to our heart. Lord, as we look at verse number 9 through verse number 16 and the challenge that's presented in Scripture, um, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be tender to receive the Word of God. Lord, you know my heart's desire tonight. Um, Lord, I pray that you just help me to uh, preach with clarity. Lord, there's obviously a lot in these Eight verses right here, Lord, there's a lot of text, and a lot to cover, a lot to unpack. But I pray tonight that it'd be clear, it'd be concise. Lord, it'd be a blessing and encouragement as we uh, dive into this topic, specifically this topic of holiness tonight. It's an area of our life as a Christian that we all struggle with. It's an area of our life that as a Christian, we all need some help with every once in a while. And just a reminder that we're to be holy because you are holy. Lord, help us tonight just to block out all the distractions and the cares of this life and focus upon you in the time that we have. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, I had the privilege to preach on a Wednesday night while pastor was out of town. And we were in Psalm chapter 119, and specifically we were looking at verse number 1 through verse number 8. And if you remember, as we looked at the first eight verses of Psalm 119, we understood that the psalmist, or the writer, if you would, was putting the preeminence on the Word of God. And so we're going to kind of look at it a little bit just to kind of set us up tonight as we go into verse number 9 through verse number 16. We know this, that in verse number 1 of Psalm 119, the Bible says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And we know that the psalmist is encouraging you and I, if you would, to walk not in our own way, but in the way of God. Or we could say it like this, walk according to God's Word. And the challenge has been given that in order to really have a happy life or an understanding in life, and really to get all that life has, and to get out of life uh, what God desires for us to get out of, we've got to walk according to His way or His purpose. But in verse number 8, if you notice down there, there's a, there's a statement that the writer makes. Verse number 8, he says, I will keep thy statues, O forsake me not utterly. The psalmist, as he's penning the first eight verses, obviously he's referencing the Word of God, and he's referencing the impact the Word of God has on our life. But there's a reminder at the end of verse number 8 when he says, Oh, forsake me not utterly. The reminder is this, is that you and I are going to fail. You and I are going to struggle. You and I are going to have times in our life where we do forsake God's Word. I'm just kind of letting that sink in for a moment. There's going to be times in our life where we do forsake the things of God. 
And maybe we walk away from him for a time being, and maybe it's just for a few minutes, maybe it's for a few months, maybe it's for a few years, whatever the case is. But there's going to be times in our life where we struggle in this road of life. And so he says, oh, forsake me not utterly. Apostle Paul made this statement in Romans chapter number 7, very familiar, and one we could probably relate to very well. Romans chapter 7, verse number 15, Paul would make this statement. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another, me- another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? Paul recognized the fact that even though deep in, down inside of him, he had this, this heartfelt desire to live for God, and we'll say it like this, to be holy, to be righteous, he also recognized that there was a flesh that lived inside of him. And in order for us really to understand uh, Psalm chapter 119, verse number 9 through verse number 16, we cannot, listen, we cannot escape the fact that you and I, yes, while we might be saved tonight, yes, while we might have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and yes, while we may make the word of God preeminence in our life, there's still the fact that you and I battle the flesh, that you and I battle the, 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 the desires of the flesh. And can I just be honest tonight, that even the most spiritual person battles the flesh. Even the most godly person battles the flesh. I think about oh, men of the faith and writers of the faith and men who have, have written commentaries and you open it up and you read these commentaries and you're thinking to yourself, man, how in the world did they think and, and be able to articulate the thought and the, the Holy Spirit leading as they pen those words? Listen, even guys like Spurgeon battled the flesh. Even guys like D.L. Moody battled the flesh. Hey, let me let you in on a little secret. Uh, uh, and I know he's watching this, but even your pastor battles the flesh. We all battle the flesh. It's a reality of life. We could agree tonight that there's, there's a continual struggle for the believer to walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh. It's not profound, but let's just be honest. Now we make the statement, the flesh wants what the flesh wants. No, no, the flesh wants what the flesh wants. You realize tonight that uh, I, I look down and I see Levi sitting down there. Levi's five years old. I've never had to teach Levi how to lie. Levi, have I ever taught you how to lie? No, thank you for being honest. Good, Don't, thanks for not lying. Hey, I've never had to teach Levi, listen, I've never had to teach Levi how to be mean to his sisters. I've never had to teach Levi how to cheat, how to steal, how to be disrespectful. I've never had to do that. You know why? Because he's flesh. Because it's natural within him. You realize tonight that you as a, as a parent or you as a grandparent, uh, you've never had to teach your child to do wrong. I, listen, we, we, as parents, I, I, I have five kids. I've never had to teach my kid to do wrong. They just naturally do it. Sometimes as a parent, you're like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? But hold up, hold up. It's not the same way with us. Is there not a God in heaven who maybe sometimes is going, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Huh? Come on, let's be honest, let's be real tonight. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. And regardless of who you are, regardless of how long you've been in church, it's a battle. It's a struggle in our, in our daily Christian life. So the psalmist discovers here that in order for him to live a life that is pleasing, or in order for him, let's just say it like this, to live a life that's victorious, he's discovered this, that holiness has to be a key component of the Christian life. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines holiness as this, 
The state of being holy, purity or integrity of moral character, freedom from sin, sanctity. Now he said this, applied to the supreme being or applied to God, holiness denotes perfect purity. That's what holiness is. A.W. Tozer made this statement referring to holiness. He said, the horrible travesty we have in America today is Christianity without holiness. In his book, Delighting God, Tozer wrote this word, these words. He said, the more you get to know God and understand His holiness, the more you will begin to magnify God in your life, and then God will become the biggest thing in your life. In our text tonight, the overall theme in this passage, really in these eight verses, is this, holiness. The goal for every Christian man, woman, boy, and girl is to live a holy life, but it's obviously it's easier said than done. So in the text tonight, God gives us some examples, or not so much some examples, but he gives us, if you would, an outline when we look at our own life when it comes to our personal holiness. So let's look at the first couple of verses here. Verse number nine. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from the commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I think the first thing that the writer points out here is the problem that you and I have. And here's the problem. The problem is sin. No, no, this is not a, uh, this is not a, uh, we'll say like this is not an individual problem. It's a universal problem. We all battle, we all struggle with sin. And so here the writer says in verse number nine, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? Now, I don't know, maybe the writer was referring to himself. Some, some commentator said that the, the, just the, the context of this chapter, that most likely the writer was obviously older, but referring back to his younger self. But he says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And Charles Bridges, in his commentary on Psalm 119, he made this statement I thought was really good. I'm going to read this quote. He said, Ever since fallen man begot a son in his own likeness, the imagination of man's heart has been evil from his youth. For who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? And never does the heart utter the cry, My father, you are the guide of my youth. No, no. Until the misery of wandering without a guide has been painfully felt, and even when divine grace has awakened the desire to return homewards, the habit of wandering from God and the long-cherished pollutions of sin seem to form an almost invisible barrier to progress. No, no. He says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Here's what the psalmist is saying. There's, there's, there's the flesh that we're battling and that, that sinfulness, that sinful flesh that's in our life, and, and, and that's a struggle. No, no. That's got to be a struggle because he says the latter part of verse number eight, oh, forsake me not utterly. Why would, he, why would he say to God, God, don't forsake me? Because he recognizes the fact that he is flesh. He recognizes the fact that he has a sinful nature. You and I will never fully understand holiness until first we understand we're sinful. You say, what? That's kind of like sinful, holy, sinful. Like those are polar opposites. No, no, no. Hold up. We're going we're to go somewhere here. You got to kind of follow me here uh, all the way through. We've got to recognize that we are sinful. He says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Now notice the answer that's given almost, almost without skipping a beat. He says this, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. The psalmist had already established in the first eight verses of Psalm 119 how important the word of God is in his life. Listen, you and I will never fully understand holiness until we first of all understand that we are sinners, but then number two, understand the importance of God's word in our life. No, no, we cannot be holy if we neglect God's word. We cannot be holy if we neglect the sin that's in our life and we all struggle with sin. And so it's not just the fact that we would be a hearer of God's word, but the Bible challenges us to not only be a hearer, but also what? To be a doer of God's word. 
And so here the writer's like, listen, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? I got the answer. Look what he says. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Listen, you and I in this avenue, in this area, if you would, of, of holiness, the only way, the only way we could see holiness grow and prosper in our life and really understand the life that God desires for us to live is if we would give God's word the preeminence in our life. Because then he goes on in verse 10 and he says this, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Not only does he have the problem here if you would have sinned, but in verse number 10 he talks, really talks about the, the problem of wandering away from God. You ever wandered away from God? You ever wandered away from the things God has for you? You ever wandered away from the things maybe God's challenged you to do? You ever wandered away from the calling God has on your life? You ever wandered away? The key to holy life is found here in verse number 10 when he says, with my whole heart. I have that phrase, with my whole heart, kind of draw. I drew a box around it in my Bible. And I wrote in here in the, in the, the margin of my Bible, it says, in order to know God, you must seek God. One of the travesties within Christianity today is half-heartedness. Half-heartedness. Half-hearted when it comes to our walk with God. Half-hearted when it comes to our Bible reading. Half-hearted when it comes to our prayer life. Half-hearted when it comes to our sacrificial giving. Half-hearted when it comes to our devotion to God. Half-hearted when it comes to our separation to God. Half-hearted in every area of our spiritual life. Obedience to God's word demands wholeheartedness. And the writer here understood that he must not wander from the commandments of the word of God but he must wholeheartedly determine to practice them every hour of every day. When sin is vigorous and our spiritual affections are dull, there's a tendency, there's an inkling, there's a, if you would, a, a, to wander, depart from what we know God desires for us. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, Matthew 6, plays no effect in our life. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is not a priority in our life. The great hymn says it like this, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. You know, those aren't just uh, words to a song. Those are really kind of sometimes our theme song. Think about it. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. How true is that in our life tonight? Some of us have no idea how far we've wandered away from God because we've never wholeheartedly sought God and God alone. We've never wholeheartedly just been sold out to God and totally committed everything to God. And the psalmist says, hey, Lord, I, I, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from my, thy commandments. But then he says in verse number 11, notice what he says here. He says, thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Watch, there's a problem in each and every one of our lives when it comes to holiness. That problem is sin. Listen, sin will keep holiness out of your life. Sin will keep, obviously, purity out of your life. Sin feeds the flesh. It definitely does not feed the spirit. Well, how do we combat that, Brother Andrew? Well, in verse number 11, look what the Bible says. Thy word. Uh, can we say it like this? Thy commandments. Uh, thy statutes. The Bible. Uh, the truth. What is righteous. No, no, those things have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. When Joseph recognized the fact that Potiphar's wife desired to have an immoral relationship with him and, a, and desire to take advantage of the situation as Potiphar gave Joseph specific responsibilities within his own household. Here's the, here's the statement Joseph made. It's, it's so true. He says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 
So often we think about sin in our life, and maybe we kind of think of sin in the sense of we're sinning against an individual. But truth be told, we sin against a holy and a righteous God. Joseph recognized the fact that his sin, if he gave in to the temptation and the, and, and, and the illicit relationship with Potiphar's wife, it wasn't just the fact that he'd be sinning uh, in a sense uh, with, with, against Potiphar. No, no, he'd be sinning against a holy and a righteous God. And Joseph said, I can't do that. I can't do that. Why, Joseph? Why can't you do that? Well, look what verse 11 says. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Joseph had made a conscious decision that the truth of God's word or the truth of God's commandment would be so important in his life that he would, listen, he would, he would understand this. If I'm going to be holy, if I'm going to live holy, I've got to make God's word the number one priority. Why? So I don't fall for these traps. So I don't sin. So I don't, I don't make this mistake so I can live a holy life. Then in verse number 12, as we move along, he says, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The psalmist here in the first three verses addresses the problem. The problem is this, is that there's sin in our life. We all struggle with sin, but then in verse number 12 through verse number 14, kind of changes the tone, if you would, a little bit. Kind of gives, a, talks about a desire. Notice what he says, he says, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Earlier in the psalm, in this text here, in verse number 8, The psalmist had committed to keep God's statutes, and now he wants to be taught the statutes. It's not just the fact that he says in verse number 8, I will keep thy statutes. No, no. Now in verse number 12, he says, teach me thy statutes. No, no. It's one thing for us to say, I will do this. It's another thing when we look at God and say, God, I need help with this. No, it's one thing for us to get convicted and to make a commitment and, and to see God move and work in our life and to deal with God. But it's a completely another thing for us to put, if you would, uh, uh, feet to the fire. Let's say, how do, how do I relate to me, Brother Andrew? And I, and I got thinking about this this afternoon. Here in two weeks, two weeks from right now, we'll be driving out to Colorado for youth camp. And, and many people went last year, and you go up to the mountain and you hear, man, 20 plus sermons and devotions and challenges uh, from the Word of God throughout the week. And obviously there's been maybe some messages and maybe a devotion, whatever the case is, where God spoke to your heart. I mean, just, maybe just one, maybe just two. I mean, it's evident when we come back and there's like a three, four-hour testimony service, right? I mean, the testimony service goes on and on and on and on. You know why? Because God's speaking to our heart. But hold up, hold up. What good is God speaking to our heart if we're not going to do anything about it? What good is God convicting us and challenging us And if you would, breaking us apart and getting us to that point where we recognize, God, I'm not holy, I'm not righteous, there's some sin in my life, there's an area of my life that I need to yield over to you. God, there's a commitment that I need to make. What is is wrong with us doing just that and not following through? Well, everything. Look what he says. Look what he says in verse number 12. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Now listen, we can come to church on a Sunday night or we can come to church on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning and go to camp and we can beg and we can ask God, God, speak to my heart. God, speak to my heart. Follow me here, watch. God, speak to my heart. Lord, we want, I want to meet with you. Uh, Lord, would you, would you speak to my heart? And, and pastor gets up here and he prays or a deacon gets up here or, or one of the men of the church gets up here and prays and they say something along these lines. Lord, uh, would you just meet with us and we don't want to meet in vain. Lord, we want you to speak to our heart. But yet, in our heart of hearts, we're not asking God to teach us. We're not asking God, Lord, help me to yield. How many, listen, how many of us have had God challenge us this last year, and yet we've told God deep down inside, no one else knows about it, no. 
He says, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Teach me thy statutes. Lord, I want to do right. I want to live right. I want to be holy. But God, I'm going to do it my way. I want to do it. I want to do it how I want to do it. Lord, I'm only going to be as spiritual as, as I want to be spiritual. Psalmist says, that's not the way to holiness. You're never going to achieve holiness by just limiting God and saying, God, I, I, I want those things. Lord, I, 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 want to be, I want to know your statutes. Lord, I want to know the righteousness of God in my life. But at the same time, I'm going to kind of draw the line. I, I'm, going to, I'm only going to go so far. No, there's a desire that's given here in verse number 12 when the writer says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. But then he goes on to say this in verse number 13. He says, With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. There's not only a desire, but I see in verse number 13 there's a devotion that the psalmist gives to the word of God. He says, With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a pastor was preaching and I can't remember if it was a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, and he made this statement and made just kind of in, in the spirit of preaching, talked about how walking up to somebody and asking, you know, where are you at in your Bible reading? Remember that? Remember that message? Remember, the, and think about this, if pastor was to walk up to you tonight and say, hey, where are you at in your Bible reading? What would you say? Somebody's to walk up to you tonight and say, hey, can you, can you give me your testimony of salvation? How do you know for sure you're saved? How do you know for sure you're saved? Because listen, the only person who knows for sure you're saved is you and God. That's it. I don't know if Matthew's saved. I don't. I'm not Matthew. Praise God. I'm not Matthew, right? But hey, listen, if I was to walk up to Matthew saying, hey, Matthew, how do you know for sure you're saved tonight? Man, Matthew ought to be able, with his own lips, be able to say, hey, Brother Andrew, here's how I know for sure Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Look what he says in verse 13. He says, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. When was the last time you really professed Jesus Christ? No, not, not on a Facebook post. Not on a tweet. Not on Instagram or TikTok or just kind of casually. God bless you. So you head on out the door. But when was the last time you had an honest, a, a good down-home honest conversation with somebody? And said, let me tell you what God's done in my life. Let me tell you how God's worked in my life. Let, let, me, tell you, let, me, let me tell you the difference God has made in my life. Let me tell you all the things that God is, I can tell you right now, all the things God's wanting to do in my life. What do you mean by wanting? Well, I'm the one holding God back. It's my sin that's holding God back. When were you honest with yourself and declared the goodness of God? The last time. The psalmist says, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Listen, we not just ought to think about it, but we ought to live it out. We ought to have devotion to God's word, devotion to what God has done to us, uh, for us, sorry, for us. But then he says in verse number 14, he says, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. He speaks not only of devotion, but in verse number 14, I believe the psalmist speaks of delight. There's delight that he finds within the word of God. There's delight that he finds within the challenge that God gives. Look what he says. He says, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. He's experienced, if you would, the, the blessings of God. And he's experienced God governing his life. And he's experienced God working in his life. And he's discovered that he enjoys a life that is, that is listen, that is separated unto God. That's what he's saying here. Look at verse 14. He says, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. 
No, no. You ever met a Christian who's just like, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I hate it. Man, the Christian life is just, man, I just can't stand it. No one wants to be around that type of person. No, no, no. That's not an aspect of holiness we want in our life. He says, look what he says, verse 14 again. He says, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. He says, as much as in all riches. He says, the walk, the relationship, the, the communion, the holiness that I have with God, with God my heavenly Father, man, it is so vital, it is so important. It is, man, it is amazing, and I find joy. I find joy in my Christianity. I find joy in my walk with God. I find joy in my relationship with God. I find joy when God convicts me. I find joy when God edifies me. I find joy when God, listen, when he rebukes me. I find joy in my relationship with God. Can we honestly say tonight when it comes to our holiness that we find joy in our walk and our relationship with God? Only we can answer that question. Only we can. And listen, either we're joyous in our walk with God or we're not. But maybe it has to do with our mindset when it comes to holiness. Maybe it has to do with our outlook on life. And maybe it comes to do with, it has to do with how we look and how we perceive God. And yes, we know God's real. We know God's there. We know God's uh, more than just uh, a figment of our imagination. We know God is real, but I just don't have the joy in my life. I just don't have that passion, that desire that in my life that the psalmist is talking about here. I just don't have those things in my life. He says in verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect into thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Listen, having found the answer to living a holy life by confessing the sin that's in his life, the psalmist gets down to the last two verses of this text, and he has some I wills, if you would. I want to highlight those tonight. The first one is found in verse number 15. Here's what the psalmist says. I will meditate in thy precepts. Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 7 tells us this. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eastern religions have corrupted the truth of meditation. In Eastern religions, meditation involves emptying the mind of thoughts so that it might be controlled. But biblical meditation consists of filling the mind with truth to be contemplated. Paul would say it like this in Philippians chapter 4. He says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The psalmist says, I will meditate in thy precepts. When was the last time you and I just really meditated upon the Word of God? Really thought about the fact that God would love us so much that He would send His only begotten Son to die upon the cross of Calvary. In Sunday school this morning for the teens, we started a new series on mountaintops and valleys in Scripture. And the first one we looked at today uh, was Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah, primarily, as you study Scripture, you'll find... Uh, there's three individuals we looked at. We looked at Abraham, David, and Solomon. And the emphasis or the, the picture of Mount Moriah. And I may have finished out Sunday school making the statement that Mount Moriah is a picture, if you would, uh, of the salvation of God. We think about Abraham as he went to Mount Moriah with Isaac. And if you know, the, you remember the story where God tells Abraham, take thy son, thy only son Isaac, and offer him up on top of Mount uh, uh, Moriah as an offering. We know this, that as Isaac and Abraham went to the mount, that Isaac looks back and tells his dad, Dad, we've 
got the wood, we've got everything we need, but we don't have the sacrifice. And Abraham makes the statement, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, Isaac, God will provide himself a, a sacrifice, or God will provide himself a lamb. And so there's a picture, if you would, a, a picture or a type of salvation that's, that's taking place right there. And I made this statement to the young people. I said, when was, when was your Mount Moriah experience? When was that point in your life where you recognized that God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for you? No, so often we forget how great salvation is. So often we forget the sacrifice that God made when he gave his only begotten son for my sin, for your sin. And we just kind of look at this and go, well, I will meditate in thy precepts. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you for loving me. Have a great day. And we go on with life. Man, that's not holiness. That's not righteousness. He says, I will meditate in thy precepts. When was the last time we just even just took a verse of Scripture, just one verse of Scripture, and really just meditated upon it and focused upon it and just allowed it to speak to our heart? The psalmist says, hey, listen, if I'm going to be holy in this life, if I'm going to enjoy the life that God has for me, I have to meditate in thy precepts. I have to meditate upon thy word. But then he says the latter part of verse 15, notice what he says here. He says, and have respect unto thy ways. Here's what he's saying. And he goes, I will respect. I will, I will respect thee. Some disrespect God's word by denying it. They reject it as the revealed mind of God sent to mankind. Some disrespect God's word by doubting its accuracy and its applicability. Others disrespect God's word by disobeying it, refusing to heed to its commands. But you and I can honor God's word by deferring to it, by allowing it to take its rightful place as the authority of our life. God forbid someone disrespect us. God forbid somebody step on our toes. God forbid that somebody offend us. Why would we do the same to God? Look what he says, verse 15. He says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. If there is one thing lacking that, like A.W. Tozer said, it is definitely holiness within Christianity today. A.W. Tozer made that statement over 50 years ago. You think about that. Over 50 years ago, A.W. Tozer was saying, hey, holiness is lacking in Christianity in America. I, do, I couldn't even imagine what he would say today. I couldn't even imagine uh, some of the things that maybe he would see that happens within local churches today and this, just the atrocities, if you would, of what is taking place within ministries what the atrocities that are taking place within individual homes, individual lives. He says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. But then he says this in the latter part, or sorry, in verse 16. He says, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will delight myself. That word delight there speaks of this, joy and rejoicing. When was the last time you and I rejoiced and found joy in God's word? When was the last time we really found just excitement in God's word and excitement in what God had for us. But then he says this, the latter part of verse 16, I will not forget thy word. The writer closes this stanza in verse number 16 with a commitment to remember the word of God. You and I must remember to read God's word daily. If we're to be holy, if we're to be all that God desires for us to be, if we're to be exactly the Christian God wants us to be, we gotta remember his word. We can't forsake God's word. We can't forsake the plan God has for us. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, we know this very well. Peter reminds us, it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. David said this in Psalm chapter 19, verse number 8. He said, the statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. More to be desired are they than gold, 
The secret to holy living is not found on Facebook. It's not found in counsel from our friends. The secret to holy living is found within the Word of God. So let's wrap this up tonight. So you're done, Brother Andrew? We're done at the very end, at the conclusion. Here it is. In light of Psalm chapter 119, verse number 9 through verse number 16, and the challenge from the psalmist to live a holy Christian life, we've got to ask ourselves three quick questions. Well, it's a question, and then I've got a statement with it. Amen? So, number one, talk about holiness here. Number one, how am I dealing with sin in my life? How am I? Not how's your spouse, how's your kids, not how's Brother Andrew, how's Pastor Mark? No, how, are, how am I? Ask yourself, how am I dealing with sin in my life? Say, why would you say it like that? Because every one of us struggles with sin. Romans 3.23 doesn't apply just to the lost person. No, no, no. We use that a lot, Brother Marty, don't we? During salvation, trying to lead someone to the Lord, Romans Road, and have it on our tracks. We have a tendency to forget sometimes as Christians, that verse applies to us as well. Matthew, that verse applies to you. But you know what? It applies to me as well. How am I dealing with sin in my life? You see, there's no denying it. There's no getting around it. There's no excusing it. I have to deal with it. Am I seeking God with my whole heart? I mean, the psalmist said here, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word, with my whole heart have I sought thee. No, no, he gives us, he gives us, lays it out in scripture how we deal with sin in our life. We cannot deny it away. We cannot excuse it away. We cannot, we cannot look at it and go, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of like hide it. Over. No, no, no. It's there. It's there. We've got to deal with it. But how am I dealing with it? Question number two is this. Do I desire the things of God? Now I want you to think about that for just a second. Do I desire the things of God? Do I desire the things of God? We'd say it like this. Not only do I, do I desire the things of God, but do I delight in the things of God? This world that we live in is constantly trying to steal our attention away from the things of God, His Word and His will for our life. And Satan is the master, if you would, at misdirection. Satan is the master of getting us to look this way when God desires for us to look this way. Satan's the master of getting us to go this direction when God desires for us to go this direction. But do I desire the things of God? Do I delight in the things of God? Or can we say it like this? Do I just begrudge the things of God? Do I just put up with the things of God? Do I just deal with the things of God? Psalmist says, wait a minute now, there ought to be a desire he says in verse number, look at verse number 11. Thy word have I hid in mine, thine, mine heart that I might not sin against thee. He said, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Teach me, teach me, teach me. Man, is there a desire, is there a desire that you have that God would teach you? When you come to church and you come on Sunday morning, you come Sunday night or Wednesday night and the word of God's opened up and the Bible's opened up and the preacher gets up and says, take your Bibles and turn to such and such, and you stand up, and you, man, as you stand up, are you like, God, I desire for you to teach me? I, I delight in the fact that the Word of God is going to be preached, and I, I need this in my life, and there's some things that I'm not right with you on, God. I'm not worried about this person over here or this person over there, but Lord, it's just me and you, and there's some things in my life that I desire for you to show me. Verse 13, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Lord, I, I come to church. Man, I'm always at church. My mom and dad bring me all the time. 
man, God, I'm always here. I just, I'm just, man, Lord, I'm just going through the motions. Oh, yeah. There's always going to be those. But there's also going to be those that are going to be like, Lord, God, I desire you to work in my life. Lord, I desire for you to speak to my heart. Lord, I desire for you to be real in my life. If you're not real to anybody else, be real to me. Lord, I'm going to be a little selfish here. I need to hear from you. No, Lord, I, I need to hear from you. God, I, I need to view myself for what I really am, a sinner saved by grace. Lord, I need to view myself for, for who I really am, just somebody who keeps falling and falling and falling. But Lord, I know you're there to pick me up. And Lord, I know you want me to have victory in my life. And Lord, I know you desire that my life, is, it, it represents you. And Lord, I know, I know, God, I know you desire for me to be holy. I know those things, Lord. God, I desire the things you would have for me. Do I desire the things of God? And then the question number three, will I live committed to God? The psalmist said, I, verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts. And have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Will you and I be willing to say to God, I will, and mean it? No more I will at the altar than I won't at home. No more I will at camp and then I won't at school. No more I will during my Bible reading and prayer time than I won't at the workplace. Will you and I be holy because He is holy? Will you and I purpose in our heart to see ourselves for who we are, but also at the same time recognize that there is a God in heaven who wants us to live the victorious Christian life. But listen, you and I can't do it in and of ourselves. Brother Aaron, you can try as much as you can. You could, you could spend hours a day praying and reading your Bible. Do all the Christian things, all the religious things. But without, listen, without God in your life, without a personal relationship, without you recognizing the fact I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm a sinner in need of God's help. I'm a sinner in need of His working in my life. We will fail miserably. And we'll find no joy, no excitement, no, no peace in church, no, no joy in our relationship, no joy in our service. Why? Because we're just going through the motions. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Again, the psalmist references the word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. You and I, we've got, we've got real things going on around us. If you haven't noticed, gas prices are sky high. Food prices are sky high. Crime, sky high. All kinds of things, just, just mass chaos. You know what God wants? God wants us to get our focus off of those things and focus right here in our walk with Him. God, listen, God knows gas is $5 a gallon. God knows a gallon of milk's five, six, seven dollars whatever it is. God knows all those things. But you know what God's concerned about? He's concerned about me. He's concerned, Brother Butch, whether or not I'm holy. Because he said, Andrew, be holy. Because I'm holy. Lord, those are big shoes to fill. I know. Lord, I, I, there's no way I can be perfect. God says, I know. But you want to try? Yes, Lord. This is where it starts, right here. Starts getting in God's Word and applying Scripture to our life. How am I dealing with sin in my life? Do I desire the things of God? 
Will I live committed to God? Father, we thank you so much for again for the privilege, the opportunity to be in church tonight. Lord, thank you so much for the text that we find here in Psalm chapter 119. Lord, every one of us tonight, we, we know tonight that we battle sin, we battle the flesh, we battle Satan. We even battle the cares of this life that so often get us uh, sidetracked and focused on other things. But we know tonight that your desire is that we would live a holy life. We know tonight that your desire is that we would live a separated life. That we would take heed to the precepts, the statutes, the commandments. We take heed to the Word of God in our life so that we can live that victorious Christian life. So that we can find the joy and the excitement in our walk with you. Lord, help us tonight to just be real and honest with you. Help us tonight not to, not to hold back. Not to perceive ourselves better than we ought. But Lord, at the same time, help us tonight to be humble enough to go to you and say, Lord, I need some help in this area of my life. Lord, I'm a little weak right here. And Lord, you've been showing me, and, and, and Lord, whether it's in the preaching, in the Sunday school hour, in my personal Bible reading, my prayer time, maybe even just a conversation with another brother or sister in Christ, there's the Holy Spirit just kind of pricked my heart and shown me some things that need to be taken care of. Whatever the case is tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our heart. We stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed. The piano's going to go ahead and play tonight. Let's just do business with God. How's your walk with God tonight? How's your relationship with Him? How are we dealing? How are we dealing with the sin that's in our life? Say, Brother Andrew, I don't have a whole lot of sin in my life. No, you got sin in your life. I got sin in my life. Everybody has sin in their life. How are we dealing with it? Just let the piano play tonight and give you the opportunity to do business with God.